Welcome to the newest episode of the Pool Cleaner Hour. Today we're going to be discussing a pretty dark and strangely unheard of true crime mystery. This uh, takes place about a week before March 31st, 1922, when farmer Andreas Gruber noticed something strange on his homestead. This homestead was known locally as Hinterkafek. Outside he found footsteps leading from the woods behind the farm, leading towards the home, but none were leading away from it. Now longtime listeners may be getting memories from our Secret Friends episode, and that's for very good reason. So buckle in as I take you into the mystery and the darkness of the Gruber family murders. Now, Andreas Gruber never reported the footsteps to the police as the small German farm located about 43 miles north of Munich was a relatively quiet and considerably safe place at the time. He simply chalked it up to just strange whatever, and went about his day not particularly interested. The Hinterkafek home farmstead was near the woods outside the Bavarian town of Groburn, which is about an hour's drive from Munich and a half mile behind, or Hinter, the town of Kaifek. So the name of the farm literally just means behind Kaifek. It was home to a few spooky happenings and a few scandals before it would go down in history as one of the most gruesome unsolved murders in history. A year before this sighting, the family's maid actually had quit. She had stated feeling like she was always being watched, hearing sounds where no one should be, and never feeling any sense of security. So she thought it was haunted, or maybe it was just somebody being weird. Either way, she quit and fled the homestead. After seeing the footprints, Andreas Gruber would then find a newspaper from Munich, and it was one that he had no recollection of buying. And at first he just assumed that maybe the postman had simply dropped it off at the wrong address. But he asked around, and he found out that none of the neighbors in the area subscribed to this newspaper. So what was going on? It was now March 31st of 1922 when a new maid arrived at this homestead, dropped off by her sister, who would soon be known as the last person to see the maid or any of the Grubers alive. Not even a day later after this job, Maria Baumgartner and all of the Grubers would be horrifically slain. A total of four days passed between the murders and the discovery of the bodies, so it was on April 1st that coffee sellers Hans Shrivosky and Edward Shrivosky arrived in Hinterfeck to take an order, and when no one responded to knocks on the doors or the windows, they walked around the yard but found no one. They noticed that the gate to the machine house was open, and something in them told them to leave and they quickly fled. Then local mechanic Albert Hoffner went to Hinterkafek on April 4th to repair an engine. He stated that he had not seen any of the family and had heard nothing but the sounds of the farm animals and the dog inside the barn. 
After waiting for an hour, he decided to just do his repair anyway, which he completed in roughly four and a half hours and then left, having absolutely no idea the entire time that he was surrounded by brutalized bodies and most likely was being watched by the psychopath. Soon, concerned neighbors came to investigate after the children missed school and the family missed church, which they were never known to do. They immediately noticed just how nightmarishly quiet the area was. This was normally a very busy family and an even busier farmstead, but everything was silent as if it was caught in the presence, in the gaze, of a stalking predator. When they investigated the ground, searching for any of the clues, or just any of the family's whereabouts. That was when the neighbors found the bodies. According to reports, police determined that Andreas, with his wife Kazilla, and their daughter Victoria, and their granddaughter, who was also named Kazilla, were all killed in the farm's livestock barn, their bodies strewn in the hay, and barbarically destroyed. After that is when they believe that the grandson, Yosef, was murdered while he slept. They believe that the killer went into the bedroom of the housemaid, Maria Baumgartner, and killed her as well. All were bludgeoned in the head, and the autopsy report would suggest that the elder Kazilla and her daughter Victoria would show extra signs of strangulation before they were bludgeoned. Disturbingly, investigators know that the younger Kazilla was last to die, and most likely survived the initial attack. She was found with clumps of her own hair in her clenched fingers. The autopsy revealed that she probably lived several hours after the attack. The clumps of her own hair suggested that she had torn at her scalp in distress before eventually dying and succumbing to shock. The murder weapon was determined to have been a mattock, which is a tool similar to a pickaxe. According to a farmhand who helped during the harvest, Gruber had crafted the mattock himself, and it was stored in the tool shed. So it was a crude pick meant to tear out roots or break rocks with a pointed pick on one side and a flat sharpened spade on the other. Just a absolutely hideous, nightmarish weapon straight from the cover of a B-movie horror. Unfortunately, the investigation was almost immediately fucked over. Before the police had arrived, apparently the concerned neighbors not only moved the bodies around, trying to do the detective work themselves, but in a really odd turn of decisions, they just decided to start cooking in the family's kitchen. I have no idea why anybody would do this. They knew they were dead, so they weren't like doing them a favor saying, hey, they'll come back to a home-cooked meal. They just decided to cook themselves food from the slain family's kitchen. So the crime itself also didn't offer any clues as to a true motive. The idea of a robbery was thrown out when police discovered a large sum of money was still just in the home, and it was clear that whoever the murderer had been had stayed on the farm for several days. Even more odd, the killer was keeping up on the feeding and tending to the animals, as all the animals had plenty of food, plenty of water, and were seen to be relatively taken care of. Per a report from the German site Augsburger Allgemeine, police at the time also failed to secure any fingerprints from the crime scene, even though fingerprinting was a method understood and matured in 1909, so roughly over a decade earlier. 
The farmstead itself was also destroyed within the same after the murders, making it nearly impossible to find any usable DNA evidence from the crime scene. They really just um, flattened the building because they didn't want to look at the location of the murders anymore. At, insane. A completely botched, hot dog squad style police investigation. On the night after the crime, three days before the bodies were discovered, an artesian by the name of Michael Plockel happened to pass by Hinterkvek. He observed that the oven had been heated by someone, but then a person approached him with a lantern, which blinded him, whereupon he hastily continued on his way, not engaging with this mysterious man holding the lantern. Plockel also noticed that the smoke from the fireplace had a revolting smell. This incident was not followed up and no investigation was conducted to determine what was burning in the oven that night and who was this man. Going back to April 1st, at 3 a.m., the farmer and butcher Simon Rieflander, on his way home near Brunen, saw two mysterious figures at the edge of the forest. When the strangers saw him, they turned around so their faces could not be seen. But the police did try one thing to solve the murders. Shortly after the autopsies of the Gruber family, they removed the heads of the body and sent them to Munich, where clairvoyants were employed to seek out metaphysical clues from the Gruber family skulls. Very cool. Too bad it didn't amount to anything, and we just desecrated these bodies and mailed some heads and some parcels for basically no reason. And then World War II happened, and the heads were lost, and they would never be returned to their bodies. So, awesome job, super shits. They did eventually bury the headless bodies, though, so at least they didn't do anything else to the corpses that we know of. It was now May of 1927. A stranger was said to have stopped a resident of Whitehofen at midnight, asking him questions about the murder before shouting that he was the murderer and ran off into the woods. This stranger was never identified. So it's been a hundred years, and people still don't know who the killer is. But decades of professional and private investigations have come up with a similar motive. Technical college students from the Police University of Applied Sciences in Furstern Fieldbrook conducted an analysis in 2007 and essentially determined that the crime was triggered by some sort of personal or emotional conflict. To delve deeper on that, we're going to go back in time some more. There were several prominent suspects at the time, including quite a soap opera level twist. Now, this involved Victoria Gabriel's own late husband who some had claimed had not actually died in the First World War that people thought he had. He actually possibly snuck back onto the farm. Now, Victoria was the eldest daughter of Andrea and Casilla. Adding to this bizarre theory is the fact that in 1914, Andreas Gruber was sentenced to only one year in prison for the incest of his daughter, Victoria, who was also sentenced to prison, but this was only for one month, which is like still a month too long, considering that on her end, she was more than likely raped by her father, not some form of consensual incest. Regardless, this was the same year that Victoria's husband, Carl, 
supposedly died in France. Yet, Cazilla, the granddaughter, named after Andrea's wife, was born in 1915 and Yosef in 1919. It's possible that Yosef's father could have been a mysterious lover of Victoria's, but some have suggested that Yosef may have just as easily been, in fact, the result of the incestuous relationship between Victoria and Andreas. Yosef's death is also noted to be the more brutal of the family slayings, with their skull completely smashed in by the matic tool, and it showed a drastically amplified emotional burst. So this tangle weave of darkness has led some investigators to believe that Carl Gabriel had not actually died, then discovered the relationship between his wife and her father, and killed the entire family in a fit of rage. The other big theory is that the killer may have been Lorenz Schlittenbotter, the man who had originally discovered the bodies. Lorenz is often placed in the role of Victoria's secret lover. And Schlittenbauer's actions following the discovery certainly called his credibility into question, especially his disturbing the bodies at the crime scene and being part of the crew of people that decided to cook in the kitchen. Uh, his connection, however, was never proven. Ultimately, any leads investigators have had over the years led only to dead ends. The case was officially closed in 1955, though interrogations continued up through 1986. And when Chief Investigator Conrad Mueller retired, he never got any closer to having an answer than when he had started. So it's... 2024 and this is still considered one of the most unsolved family slayings in history a lot of people were brutally murdered and due to botched police work and citizens just kind of i mean just kind of being idiots we are never going to know and the person that did this just completely got away with it to me one of the more eerie aspects is the amount of times people walked on and off the farms when there were bodies there and having no idea or being approached by that man with the the lantern that's the that's the eerie one where they just stopped and this man comes out of the darkness holds up the light specifically to keep his face hidden doesn't say a word and and the man who was there just knew just instinctively knew that he needed to leave uh so let me know your thoughts have you guys heard about this murder before um do you think it was the distant husband thought dead in the war or perhaps a mysterious lover or perhaps it was just somebody completely random that happened upon this farm out in the vague middle of nowhere and just decided to hey let's murder this entire family Alright, well that's all I have for you today. I hope you guys are having a good week. I'm finally not sick anymore, and it's it's good to be back. People that uh, follow me online know that I have quite a ridiculous seizure disorder, and I bit off about half of my tongue on, uh, so like a quarter of my tongue on each side, so almost about half. So it's taken a little bit to get my voice back, and I still have a little bit of a lisp. And general motor skills have been a little bit hard, but I have a, I had a lot of time to write episodes, and I'm really excited to bring them to you. So, uh, let me know your thoughts, 
And until then, I'll see you guys next Monday.